And um, you, can, you, can, uh, you can keep up with me. And uh, Joey's going to give you the answers on the slides. And, and let me just say this while you're pulling those out. Some of you, uh, I would appreciate all of you that serve and want to serve. And, and the way we assign that sometimes at the last minute is we'll send a text or an email out to you. And sometimes you respond and sometimes you don't. If you see that, some of you got three texts and still didn't respond. And, uh, and so um, just respond, no, I can't serve. That's a, no is a, say, everybody say this with me, no. That's an acceptable answer, unless I'm asking you, of course. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, say no. That way we know to get somebody to take your place, either greeting, ushering, or in the tech room or wherever, because uh, we need, when we send you that request, it's because we need somebody in that spot and, and from that team. So uh, if you don't know how to respond on the text, just see me after church, and I'll show you how to do that. It's easy. So uh, Easter's coming up. And it, it is a time when people that won't go to church any other time will go to church. And uh, so be praying, and God will give you somebody. Uh, he may give you more than one that you want to invite. How many of you got a family member that doesn't know Jesus? You'd like to know Jesus. So hopefully what we do want to do is pray because it's, it's not my preaching that's going to get them. It, it's even, not even your friendliness that's going to get them. It's going to be the Holy Spirit that will get them. It's the Holy Spirit that will... Uh, cause them to, to, to press into God, to want to have a relationship with the Lord, and, and to be part of that. But I believe if you get them here, God will work in their lives. And, uh, and so we want to do that. Now, today, you know, there, uh, somebody approached me before, before church and said there's something they saw where they're trying to pass a bill in Congress that says you can't practice your religion. They're always trying to pass that bill. And, uh, and they have passed some bills that are very anti-church. And, uh, and at least one side of the Congress has, and the Senate hadn't. And, and so we need to be praying about that. And, and, and because there are some bills that are going along, that will inhibit the way we practice what we do. But let me just tell you something. The church is here to stay. And everybody that's come against the church is no longer. The Roman Empire tried to destroy the church, and, and then the emperor got converted, Okay. Uh, and, and then the whole Roman Empire became, uh, you know, Christian. And then during the Dark Ages, they tried to destroy the church, and the church survived. And then during enlightened Europe, where uh, everybody's too sophisticated for church and for God, the church still survived. And let me tell you something. In woke America, the church will still survive. The, the progressive people that are trying to get rid of the church, the progressive people that want to shut you up and say you can't talk about Jesus out in public or you can't hold certain views, will not succeed. Say that with me. The devil will not succeed. Because here's what Jesus said. He said, I will build my church. Who's building the church? Jesus is. Jesus is building the church. He said, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And so that's kind of why we've been talking about church for a few weeks. Jesus has built his church, and it doesn't matter what the world does or the culture does or the next culture does, nobody's going to destroy the church. And so, but we want to build it on a good foundation. And so in this series, we've learned, one, we've got to have a passion for God. We, we looked at that. We've got to be passionate. And we even played uh, from graves to gardens during the sermon. And y'all actually, some of y'all got excited, started moving a little bit. 
and uh, and some of y'all clapped for the first time, and then and then some of y'all went from here to here, and uh, and and stuff like that, and it was good. We had fun, and we got to have a passion for praise and worship, a passion for praise and 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 prayer, and 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 we had more people last night in prayer than we've had in a long time, and and uh, and so it was great. And, and we got to have a passion for people. And that's kind of what this thing about Easter, about inviting somebody to church because Jesus has a passion for people. And we want to see people come to faith in Christ because I know what he's done in my life. And I look around here and I know what he's done in some of your lives. And I know that's what I want my daughter, I want my friends to experience that same thing he's done in your life and in my life. And, and so we want to have that passion for people. We also learn we got to have the whole power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we can't, uh, we can't live life without that power from God in our life, and, uh, and so we've got to have the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, both in our lives and in our, our families and in our church. And then last week, we looked at living verse, law, verse in the law, or the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, and living by grace, and we figured out we're supposed to live by grace, right? And, and that doesn't mean that we live, live any kind of way we want to. Because God created us to do good deeds. But we do those things because we want to, because of what God's done in us. Versus trying to earn his favor over here in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So today we're going to talk about another aspect. And it's called, I've titled it, Honest Life-Changing Relationships. Or Real Life Relationships is what I called it. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And, and part of that involves small groups or ministry teams. And uh, normally, in our human nature, we don't, like, uh, we don't like small groups. But if you want your life to get better, you want to be part of a small group at some point. And, uh, and so we're, we're, these groups that we're starting aren't going to be forever groups. They're going to last six weeks. We'll take a break. We might add some, might change them around or whatever. Uh, but, but groups will help you grow. It's where you meet friends. You've seen Fred come up here for prayer. And, uh, and his group is around him that, that meets with him on Tuesday afternoon. Those guys are texting each other and checking on each other and encouraging each other and, and stuff like that. And, and so they'll help you grow and build those friendships, and I think it helps us to serve the Lord better. And, uh, and one thing that helps is it happens in a small group or even on a ministry team. Uh, you know, this worship team, they, they talk with each other. They get along. The greeters are kind of a team, and the ushers are definitely, you know, a team, and and, 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 and the tech team guys, and, and they build a camaraderie there, and they can hold each other accountable and, and stuff like that. Because in church, too often we've learned to put on. How many, I've never run into any one of you, I don't think, that when you walk through the door and I said, how are you? And you didn't say, oh, I'm great, or, or too blessed to be distressed, or something like that. And, and you were fighting in the car on the way over here, but you're not going to say, me and my wife fought all the way over here. Or I had to backhand the kids in the back seat. It says life is terrible. We put on, don't we? But in a group, you can kind of be real, you know? And, uh, and so that's what we want. We want to be able to be real. Why? Because it's better not to be alone. Look at this. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 8. And as good as my preaching is, it's not enough. You need more. That was a joke. Y'all supposed to laugh at that. But anyway... Uh, I want you to consider that, that groups and relationships will help. Look at in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 4.8. It said, this is the case of a man who is all alone. Now, listen, we need, we need to get real in relationships. Why? Because here's a dude that's all alone. And then look what it says. 
without a child or a brother, yet works hard to gain so much wealth as he can. Then he asks himself, what am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It's all so meaningless and depressing. Depressing. Listen, I believe depression and anxiety are two of the main culprits that we enemies of our society. I mean, they, they should be on the FBI top ten list. Anxiety and depression. And last year, 2020, did nothing but make it worse. I told you last week that every mental health category uh, went declined in their mental health. Every, every category they measure, except people that go to church, declined in 2020. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, that's just it's been going up. Depression and depression meds are, uh, are on the rise. One-fourth, listen to this, one-fourth of those under 30, that's 25% of people under 30 last year in 2020 considered suicide at one time or another. That's incredibly high. And then one-tenth of everybody last year considered suicide at some point. That's, that's 10%. I mean, that's a ton of people. That's like 30 million people in our country that considered suicide at one time or another. In Japan, as of October of 2020, they had had more deaths by suicide than they had by COVID. Think about that. Why? The isolation increased the anxiety and, I mean, if you watch the news, your anxiety went up, right? I mean, because all the news media, it doesn't matter which one they are. It can be Fox. It can be CNN. It can be MSNBC, CBS, NBC. All of those, they want one thing, ratings, and then money follows. That's all they care about. And that's why they, can, they raise anxiety so high. People, I, I actually ran into people during this lockdown that were afraid to walk out of their house unless they were in a space suit. I mean, it was like I, I bumped into somebody in the summer and said, this is the first time I've been out of my house. I've been afraid to leave. COVID's not in your front yard. It's in somebody else's nostrils that breathes on you. I mean, you know, and, and so, you know, it, 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 it's been a, but, but the news media, anxiety and then depression from being isolated from people. I mean, I'm kind of a people person. I used to be shy, but God switched that around. I mean, I can talk to that painted wall right there, you know, for a while and, and, uh, you know, and. I mean, I don't lie. I mean, you know, if I'm alone long enough, I might start talking to that wall, you know. Uh, Pastor Kathy will go to sleep when we're driving up to Georgia, you know, when we go see my mother, and, and, and I'd start reading street signs, you know, on the side of the road and wake her up, and then, then I'd be in trouble. But I had to get somebody to talk to, you know, uh, to keep going. So you had, you've got all this stuff is on the rise. Overdose, drug overdoses are on the rise. Suicides are on the rise. And why? I believe it's because we're soul sick. Our souls are sick. We've been isolated from each other, and we've been isolated from God. What's the answer? Here it is. Two people in Ecclesiastes are better off than one. Two people are better than one. I mean, that's true even if you're doing chores around the house, right? If you're, if you're doing a little project, it's always nice to have somebody that can hold the other end of the ruler or help you pick up a board or whatever. He said, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. If someone who falls alone... He's in real trouble. And, uh, man, I, 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 I've always said yard work's dangerous. I remember one time uh, stepping in a hole in my backyard years ago and spraining my ankle. I didn't know if I broke it or not. And I'm laying on the ground seeing stars, and I've got a collie that's licking my face with hot breath. And I need, I need, I need air, you know. I need, I need another person, not my dog, there to, you know, come along and see what I needed. But, you know. So if one falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone falls alone, they're in real trouble or maybe getting licked by their dog and, uh, and all that. But, 
But likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? And, uh, and, and says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Let me tell you something. If you're by yourself, you will be defeated when the devil comes after you. Pastor Kathy always tells the inmates, and she's told us before, she says the banana that gets away from the peel bunch gets peeled. And so you need to understand that when you're off by yourself, you can be defeated. Two can stand back to back and conquer, and three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Three's a small group. Three's, three's a small group. How many of you remember the TV show Cheers? Y'all, the rest of y'all didn't raise your hand. Y'all lying. Y'all seen it on, y'all seen it on reruns and, and all that and Cheers. And, 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 and I mean, that's, it, it's about a bar. Everybody, I know what y'all are thinking. He's talking about a bar in church. What in the world? And, uh, but here's the theme song. Describes what ought to be happening in church. Listen to what the words are. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. How many of you do agree with that statement? And it says, taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Absolutely. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Listen, that's a bar, but that ought to be the church. Ought to be every church. Where you go walk in and everybody knows your name and, and everybody's glad you came. They're happy to see you. And then you can also realize I'm not the only one struggling with this. Everybody's struggling with this. Because you see, when we're going through a hard time, there's people that think they're the only ones got a teenager that's messed up. If you got them in their 20s, you know they're all messed up, right? I mean, you know, and then, and then so we get to laugh at our kids when they're raising teenagers and, and stuff like that because, you know, you start thinking, well, you know, I know people that think, well, I'm, I'm a widower, I'm a widow, and, and I'm the only one this has ever happened to. People die all the time. You're not the, you're not the first person to have a spouse die or, or divorce you or whatever. It happens. You got to understand it's we all go through the same stuff. You know, I mean, listen, that's why we do a lot of the things we do is to get that, that togetherness. That's why we do potlucks. Why? Because people sitting around a table eating converse and get to know each other. And uh, especially y'all that pick off each other's plates and stuff like that. That's why we do uh, outreaches. And, and we want to do a crawfish boil sometime after, after uh, Easter. And, and uh, why? Because when we're peeling crawfish together, we're talking and getting to know each other and you can't be messy and not get, get become friends, right? And the guys out bowling usually get a little camaraderie and stuff. We get enough guys bowling, everybody's just got to do one or two balls and stuff like that. Or, uh, you know, and that's why we do outreaches. Everybody worked on that giant food outreach we did. There was some camaraderie there. We had fun doing that. We were dead dog tired. Didn't realize that I also had COVID, so I was COVID tired. And, but we were dead dog tired. And, uh, and, and yet we felt good because we just helped a bunch of people. And, uh, and so you, you get involved in those things. And, and then, uh, you know, over the years we've, we've done some small groups and we've had uh, things going. We're, we're, I'm working on one called a freedom group. It'll be more like for strongholds. Uh, but, you know, and, and I'm doing with my guys on Tuesday afternoon one called Fresh Start, which I think everybody ought to go through. It's, it's, uh, I think my guys would probably agree with this, video-driven and then we do a discussion, and it's, it's great stuff. It's really good. Uh, and we're fixing to start two new groups, uh, a men's and ladies group. They're going to meet right here at the church tomorrow night, 
and it'll be first and third Monday. Not every other Monday because then you have to figure out which Monday is every other. First and third Mondays, and, and it's free. It's, it's, it's you know, going to be here. It's not going to be a buffet. The Gidrys and the Melanson's messed us up with groups because it was like going to a homestyle cooking feast, all right? And, uh, and so, you know, we're just going to have cookies and coffee, all right? <laughs> so, you know, and, and, uh, and so we, we want you to be able to do that. We're going to have fun here. And so uh, you can come. And, and then somebody may want to do a group somewhere else besides here on a different time or day or whatever. You can do a group in a coffee shop. Just talk to me, and, and uh, we, can, we can hook you up with that. And so uh, write this down. Real life change happens in the context of relationships. It does. I mean, think about it. How many of you have ever done something good, and the first thing you want to do is tell somebody about it? I mean, it's like the preacher had skipped church on Sunday and then hit a hole-in-one playing golf. He can't tell anybody. <laughs> the first thing you want to do is they'll tell people when something good happens. Another way I'll prove that to you is how many of you can name the last 10 sermons I've mentioned that I've preached? I can't name the last 10 sermons I've preached, but I bet you can name the last 10 people that have made a difference in your life. See, because we're made for relationships. We're made for relationships. Uh, Paul said this in Romans. He said, we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. He made us for relationship. And, and so we got to get away from this mindset about it's about me growing. It's about us growing together. And, uh, and so we want to get, get, get that. We grow in relationships. Now, I'm going to talk about something for a few minutes. It's called the Jahari window. We used to use this in Youth for Christ uh, when we train train people up and and it's just four quadrants. Uh, they use it in businesses as well. And so I'm going to tell you some things, and, and we're going to look at some things, hopefully have a little fun doing it. The first is the arena. This is, this is what I know and you know. It's like when we meet each other, you can kind of tell I like to talk, all right? And, uh, and, and I can tell some things about you, and, and it's things that I know and you know, and we see each other. You know, it's, it's like the stuff we let each other see. We put that mask on, and, and, uh, and we pick those up. And unfortunately, that's too much how Christianity is. You know, we just kind of, we, we, something's buzzing. But we let each other see what we want to see. It's like when, like I said earlier, oh, I'm fine, and you've been fussing all the way over there, you know. And, and, uh, and so here's what, here's what Jesus, or he said, he said, everything they do is for show. We don't want to be that way. But too much time, too many times, church is like that. On their arms, they wear extra-wide boxes with Scripture verses inside, and they wear robes with extra-long tassels. I mean, they had the Scripture on the outside. Folks, God wants to put it in our hearts and in our spirits. And then Jesus goes on in verse 27 to say, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like whitewashed tombs. And what he's saying, whitewashed tombs, is, guys, you look good on the outside, but you're dead as a doornail on the inside. He, he just saying, you're dead on the inside. You're whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside and filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. And so that's what we don't want to be. And so we're created for relationship. We want to be a church. Our, our motto when we started this church was connecting people to God and to each other. And that's what we want to do. That's why we do a lot of the stuff. Second, second quadrant is write down mask. And this is I know, but you don't know. This is what I'm... This is the things that I know about me, and I'm going to do everything in my power to keep
keep you from ever finding out, okay? It's, a, it's a, that stuff you don't, and you got those things. That, y'all don't look at me that way. You know you have those things you don't want me to know about you as well. And so uh, it, it's important, though, that we have people we can talk about those things with because write this down, I will always be as sick as my secrets. You're always as sick as your secrets. If you don't have anybody that you can talk with, I mean, you might wonder, why do I keep facing anxiety? Why do I keep fighting depression? Why do I keep... Because you haven't confided in anybody, and you don't have anybody that you can talk about those things with. Uh, Paul said this, we refuse to wear a mask and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open and the whole truth on display. And so that's what you, you need relationships where you can have that whole truth on display. Where you can come in and say, hey, you know what? I'm kind of hurting today. And people can focus and help you through that. And, uh, and so you might say, well, then if it's so good, why don't we share? And I'll tell you one reason is, is probably you've shared with somebody and they went and blabbed it to somebody else. That's why one of the things that says in group stays in group, you know, and, 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 but you maybe, maybe you've had somebody violate that and, and go out and, and, and share that with somebody else or something. And, and, and so you don't want to be part of a group. And, uh, and so you've thought, well, groups just aren't for me. Well, let me just tell you this. How many of you eat out? All right. Most everybody raise your hand. How many of you have ever eaten out and had a bad experience eating out? Now, how many of you quit eating out because of that? You don't quit going to a group because you had a bad experience. You just don't go back to that group. You go to a different group. Or you, know, and, and, or you don't talk to that same person. You know, and, I mean, we, we got restaurants we don't go back to. We'll, we'll have a bad experience and we'll go, we'll take that one off the rotation for a while and give, give them a little chance to correct it, you know. And, uh, and so you want to do that. And, and so that's, that's what you, you need to do. You, but you develop those relationships. C.S. Lewis said this, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. And that, I've seen that happen so many times in groups where somebody's thinking, I'm the only one dealing with this. And you're feeling shame, you're feeling guilt, only to find out somebody else has already been there before you. Or somebody else might be going through it at the same time. And, and, and let me tell you something, God will bring you through things so that you can help other people come through the same things and so but in in small groups so many times seen people it, they come to that conclusion oh man i can't believe that that uh you're i'm not the only one and so we've got to understand that and uh and so follow follow this passage with me for a little bit john three sixteen. we all know this one for this is how god loved the world that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life he's talking about salvation here but look in verse 17. God sent his son into the world, what? Not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That's, he came to set us free from judgment. He came to set us free from that. And, uh, and he came to help and to, and to set us free. And so it says there's no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light, that's Jesus, came into the world, but people love darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. And so a lot of people don't want to come to church because they're doing stuff they know they don't need to be doing. And then he says this, 
All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for their sins will be exposed. Let me tell you something. I, I've seen this happen. I've experienced it myself. When you're not doing right, you don't want to be around people who are, right? And people, your friends, that don't want to be around you because you're doing right, it's because they're not doing right. I've seen this over the years where people will be around, they'll be texting, they'll email you, they'll answer your text, they'll call every now and then, and then all of a sudden, they don't return your calls. They don't return your texts. You don't see them in church for a while. It's because they've slipped and they're not doing what they know they need to be doing. And the same thing will happen with you and your relationships. But when those who do what's right come into the light and others see that they're doing what God wants. Listen, there's freedom when your deeds come out into the light in a, in a group. Because in a group, and in this church, nobody's going to cast shade on anybody for anything that's going on because we've all got issues. Uh, we've all got issues. Uh, you know, and so we need to understand that. And, and so, but there's freedom when, you can, when it comes out. That's why, that's why, you know, this verse, James, the half-brother of Jesus said this. This ought to be the theme verse for every church, certainly for every small group. It said, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, we confess our sins to God and we get forgiveness. We confess our sins to somebody else and there's healing. It's just like if you're going through a temptation and, so, and you share that with, with a friend that you can trust that you're going through a temptation, guess what happens? Temptation goes away because now it's been brought into the light. And so he says, you may be healed when you confess. And so you'll be amazed what happens in these groups. And it goes on to say this, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And so in a group, when you're going through something and you've, you've brought that up and you've got four or five people around you praying for you and checking on you during the week to see how it's going and praying for you again, there's power in that. There's power in that. Paul said in Colossians, he said, Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. How many of you think we need an Epaphras or two in our lives? I mean, uh, all of us do, right? You need somebody that can say, man, way to go. I, I believe you're going to do that. I, you're doing great. And, and you need somebody when somebody, can, they can cheer you on. Or when you're having a tough time, they can come alongside you and help. The third quadrant is blind spots. This is I don't know, but you know. It's kind of the spinach between the teeth thing, you know, or the hanger. And I'm always checking the mirror before I come out here for two things. Make sure my pants are zipped up and I don't have a hanger hanging out. You know, it's terrible when you're getting in. And Kathy will say, Robert, you had this little thing on the corner of your nose, you know, or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, good people that love people don't let you go out with a hanger, all right? But all of us have an area of our life that, that we can't see but others see. And uh, if you don't think there is, just ask somebody that loves you, uh, what do you need to fix? And they'll tell you. I mean, you know, and, and, and to be honest, not, how many of you love to be corrected? None of us. I mean, matter of fact, if somebody I don't know well comes along and says, well, you ought to be doing this differently and this differently, they're not going to get the response they thought they wanted. But somebody I know that loves me says, you know, Robert, you're a little bit, you're, you, you should have treated Kathy better than what you did. And I'm going to listen because she's over nodding her head. You know, because I'm going to listen because I know they care about me. That's, that's the power of these groups. 
And, and so, you know, this proverb says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. It still hurts when you find out you did something you shouldn't have done, but if you know a friend loves you, and, they're, and so faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of the enemy are deceitful. Somebody don't like you and don't care about you, you're just going to say, oh, yeah, that was fine. You did good. You told them, you know, <laughs> so yeah, you didn't need to tell them, all right? And so I, I want honest people in my circle, and that's, that's one of the things, and, and to be honest, the, the two the two, I'll call them the dinner groups we had over the years <laughs> at the Gidry's and at the Melanson's, the reason those were so successful is people felt safe in those groups and they were able to share with each other. And it wasn't, it wasn't the food, we, we joke about the food, it wasn't the food, it was the fellowship. And I want to tell you, you can find that in groups over time. And, uh, and so Hebrews uh, says this, so brothers that none of you has a sinful or unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God he says this, encourage one another daily. How many of you think we need to be encouraged daily? I, I, and, and so we need to be encouraging each other daily. So what I would encourage you to do is when you have a thought saying, you know what, I ought to, I ought to text uh, Jennifer and just tell her have a good day. Or I ought to text uh, Joyce and say, man, I'm just praying for you. Or I ought to text Terry and say, you know, or whoever, you know, and, you, and do it. When you have that thought pop into your mind, do it. Just go ahead and do it because you're going to forget it later, all right? And, uh, and so encourage each other. And don't text them, y'all not to be doing Text them encouraging messages or give them a call or whatever. He says, why? So none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. See, sin will draw us away from God. And, and, and I, I said this before in messages. I've told somebody this this week. If sin wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. Think about it. It's fun for a few minutes. And, and so sin is deceitful, and it will draw you over here away from God. But as long as we have people in our life that can say, you know what, you're drifting a little bit here, Robert. You need to pull back over here to the middle. Or, you know, and, and so you need, you need those people in your life and, uh, that can see that blind spot that you don't see. Because here's the thing. When you're in that water and it's starting to warm up, it don't feel too bad, but you're just moving over here a little bit. And, and by the time it starts boiling and kills you, it's too late. But you need somebody that can tell you, you know, you're drifting a little bit. And, uh, and so that's, that's, that's what that's about. Fourth is potential. And this is I don't know and you don't know. <laughs> this is just potential before God because God knows. I don't believe that any one of y'all have experienced your best version of you yet because God's not done with any of you. It doesn't matter if you're a new believer or you've been a believer for a while, God is not done with you yet. Uh, you know, and so, you know, the question is, how do you find it? I believe we find it in relationships. I mean, think about it. My hand can do a lot of different things. It can't play the keyboard or the guitar like Steve does, but it can do a lot of things. And, and, and so, but if it were disconnected from my arm, it would be useless, right? Now, I want you to imagine this. I'm going to try and not be gross with this, but imagine as a child, I lost my hand. It got cut off or something. God forbid that happened to anybody. And that hand just shrivels up, but I continue to grow. And if you look at it next to my hand that I still have, this one's all shriveled up, and this one's healthy and big. And, and that's what happens spiritually when we're cut off from the body. We're part of the body of Christ, and we will shrivel up and begin to die if we don't stay connected. Proverbs says this, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I love when, when we can go back and we make each other better. We make each other better. 
And, uh, and so a friend sharpens a friend. Paul said in Colossians, he's lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as who causes it to grow? God causes it to grow. But what happened? He had lost connection with the body. He had lost connection with all of a sudden. Get in a group. Get in a group. Get in a group. Get in a group. We have three right now. We might have more later. And, and then uh, we will have more later. And then, then this one. Get on a ministry team. Get on a ministry team. I mean, you know, we, we do need volunteers. We don't ask you to volunteer just because we need the work. We ask you to volunteer because you need to volunteer. Because you grow. You know, what, you know how you grow in the faith? Just, just say, hey, well, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to facilitate a group. And even though the material's prepared for you, you're going to study it. And you start studying that stuff, and, and you start growing. And uh, uh, even if you're helping with the children's ministry, the youth ministry, you're, you're growing because you're preparing something. And, and so get on a ministry team. We, like I said, we have greeters. We have ushers. Those are teams. Food team. Uh, you know, eventually we're going to stop doing pizza on Wednesday and let y'all go back to cooking a little bit. And, uh, and I know a lot of people like that. And some people like pizza. But, uh, but, you know, we're just letting COVID get a little further away before we have a lot of hands on food and stuff like that. And, uh, and then uh, an outreach team. Uh, we're going to start an outreach team of a group of people who are outreach-minded that can help plan so that Robert don't have to plan everything because I'm not good at that. And you can come up with ideas and say, hey, we ought to do this kind of an outreach or, or this kind of an outreach or, or whatever, and, and we can begin working on those kinds of things. A prayer team. I mean, we need a prayer team, uh, an intercessory prayer team that we can have a, a list, and we're going to try and upgrade the, the website where we're going to have a prayer list. You can look on there. It won't have secret stuff on there. It just might have your name. But if you don't know what to pray for, you can pray for this woman over here. Pastor Kathy goes into the pit of hell every day called the jail and that's not because just the inmates it, the system the jail is there to punish people it is a it is a rough place and and she fights the devil and sometimes the devil wear uniforms and uh and 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 uh you know they're to punish people and sometimes they think well you know she's trying to get them set free they're trying to put them in jail you know so i mean you know there's a there's a there's a thing and on wednesdays Especially, she, she does church service for people that committed murder and armed robbery. And, and that's the day the devil fights the worst. She's got the guards, either somebody won't show up, or they'll say, oh, yeah, we're getting them, and then they don't, and then she's running late, and then she can't do the service like she wants, or, or sometimes it even gets canceled. And so you pray for that, you know. And, uh, and so uh, we need a prayer team. Uh, you know, we need, we've got a children's team. We need more people on that team, and we need people with children to get on back in here, and, uh, and we want to have a care and visitation team. I mean, we got people that are kind of homebound, and we did a thing before we all caught COVID where we went around to some people's house singing. You know, took some worship songs, Steve and his guitar and a little little boombox, you know, and we were out there singing and, uh, and, uh, and gave a little word and did communion with a couple people. I mean, you know, ideas like that. Get on a team and, and be part of that. Don't, don't just be... You. I mean, all of us need to be known, and we need to be needed, right? And I want to tell you something. We want you to be known, uh, and you're known when you're in a small group or on a team. And let me just say this. Every one of you is needed for, the, for this body 
uh, for it to work right. So be part of a group. Be part of a group. Like, like we said earlier, we've got ladies and men meeting on first and third Mondays. And, uh, and then we've also got my group that meets for guys that don't, don't work during the daytime. We meet at 1.30 every Tuesday. And uh, we have coffee. And usually somebody's buying donuts. But uh, we need maybe fruit tray or something. I don't know. It's all getting, getting bigger. But, um, and we're doing one called Fresh Start. So here's what you can do on your connection card. If you're interested in one of those groups, just write Monday men or Monday women and, or Tuesday men. And uh, you can do any one of those. And, and so if you're interested, in, and uh, you can see Andre uh, and, or Steve, or you can see uh, Chrissy in the back. Nettie's not here. You just see Chrissy. And, uh, but put that on your, on your thing. We'll send you a text and remind you and all that. Right now, uh, while you're doing that, I just want you to bow your heads. And uh, let's say a prayer. You know, here's the thing. Small groups are great, but it all starts. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and what I found in my life, I'd gone to 